0: Hi, it's Mark Sinkowitz, and welcome to the Germination Podcast. I had the pleasure of attending the Prairie Grain Development Committee, or PGDC, meetings in Banff, Alberta last week. It was a great meeting, lots on the agenda, and I caught up with several guests, including Alberta Wheat and Alberta. Barley, General Manager Tom Steve. He's been attending PGDC for many years now and I wanted to talk to him about the value that he and Alberta Wheaton Barley get out of the meeting and some of his experiences there. Enjoy our chat. This is how many years
1: now for you for PGDC? Oh, uh, goes, uh, for me, it goes back to, uh, I guess, 2013 was my first year at uh, Prairie Grain Development Committee. Uh, so not that far back, but, you know, a good 10 years, right?
0: And what's the, I guess, the biggest takeaway that, that you've had from this over the years? Coming here every year for the last, what, 10, 11 years now?
1: You know, I think uh, when you're first exposed to this uh process, it's a bit of a discovery because um, I don't believe that uh, it's well known in uh, industry circles or in farmer uh, circles, how varieties come to market, Uh, especially on the cereal side, uh, wheat and barley, which uh, I am involved directly in, um, which are largely developed through uh, public breeding programs. But um, I think if you ask the average farmer, where do your new varieties come from? They would probably say from my local ag retailer, from my local seed grower, or from my local seed cleaning plant. And maybe not uh, giving a lot of thought to where those varieties actually come from in the first place.
0: It's like uh, when you ask a lot of consumers where the food comes from, and they say, well, it comes from the grocery store, yeah, it comes from the grocery store, but there's a lot of things that happen before that, and and that I guess sums up PGDC. Is like this is kind of where everything sort of begins in terms of you know a line going from being just a line to becoming an actual variety with a name, to then becoming a crop that growers actually plant, and that then goes to the consumer. And I guess this is kind of the the start of it all. And but it, it always surprises me that PGDC doesn't maybe get as much media attention as it deserves do you do you find that as well
1: definitely and um, you know I think it's a function of uh, you know um, it's not an emerging issue uh, that is going to grab headlines uh, the same way as so let's just say we have a a record drought uh, and then um, calls for action by government or we have uh, You know, government coming out with a requirement of a 30% reduction in uh, fertilizer emissions. And um, uh, whereas uh, research is a long term play. I mean, it's at least 10 years from start to finish to bring a a new wheat variety to market, for example, and then there's another three years of uh, registration trials. So it really is a long term play. And I think maybe that's part of the issue where uh, an entity like the Prairie Grain Development Committee doesn't get quite the attention that it probably deserves. I mean, someone like you
0: who has lots of experience in the ag world, you know, you probably had some basic understanding of what it was, but you've probably learned a lot over the years, I would think.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, when I was first exposed uh, to uh, PGDC, I was coming out of the Private sector um, and uh, the seed industry uh, was part of our business. I was with Viterra at the time, and um, I was a, a little bit mystified in uh, by the process uh, that uh, was in place. But uh, you know, as as time went on, um, I came to realize that. Um, you know, there's an entity here that is responsible for uh, approving lines based on uh, quality, disease, and agronomy, and um, that it's a sound process. It's scientifically based, and um, it's where the majority of our new varieties come from. And um, I, I hadn't fully appreciated that working in again in the private sector, where for the most part. At the retail level, we were just, you know, seeing these varieties coming to market, but not actually having a full understanding of the background behind it.
0: Yeah. Well, and for you, I mean, being uh, with Alberta Wheaton Barley, um, you know, being with a producer group where you're involved in, you know, regional variety trials, etc. cetera, and, and this is kind of the start of those varieties that make it to those trials that then go into growers' fields. And so in, in your position, being with the producer group, I mean, you guys are heavily invested in what happens here. And so it, it must be kind of exciting to see sort of the beginning of those varieties that in a few years, you know, we might have the next CDC Copeland or AAC Synergy, or, you know, a cereal variety that just takes off and becomes like this king of the farming world and, and so for, for you to be able to take back this information to your producer group and say, hey, here's what happened this year at PGDC, that
1: must that must be really exciting for, for the people that you deal with on a daily basis. Absolutely, the, and the varieties you mentioned, and I would add Brandon to that, which, which is by far the most widely adopted wheat variety in Western Canada. So that variety was developed uh, through funding uh, joint funding uh, from the Government of Canada and producer groups so the Alberta Wheat Commission, Alberta Barley uh, sorry Alberta Wheat Commission, uh, Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission and Manitoba Crop Alliance so um, you know and in the past the Western Grains Research Foundation before variety development was uh, taken over by the commissions so producer dollars have significantly impacted the varieties that are on the market today and um, that uh, I think is something that is not uh, always fully recognized because you know it's it's kind of happens in the background and uh, so we we fund uh, new variety development through core breeding agreements with Ag Canada and the universities um, that's the commissions and we also fund new variety development through the uh, wheat and barley clusters, which are in progress right now. We're waiting for approval for um, the next phase of uh, the wheat and barley clusters, as all clusters are, but there's a significant amount of producer investment in those.
0: Before I let you go, a big theme today was the uh, the regulatory sphere and variety registration and there's definitely a lot of meat on that bone. Um, that A lot more than what we can discuss in one little podcast episode, but in terms of regulatory, is there one one thing on your mind that, that you think would make things, things easier in terms of uh, new wheat and barley varieties, innovation, things like that?
1: Um, well, I, th- I think uh, one thing in the short term is that we need to deal with uh, the number of wheat classes that we have. Uh, because there are a number of classes that are uh, not widely grown and so there's administration involved in that. And, and uh, also, uh, when you have a wheat class established, it sends a signal to the breeders that they should breed varieties for that class. So if it's not an active class that's in demand by our international customers, Uh, we need to take a serious look at that and we are moving more into a specification based marketing system Uh, so to some extent the classes will have less emphasis we do have major wheat classes CWRS and Canadian Western Amber Durham would be the two main wheat classes but below that I think there's a lot of discussion that needs to go on in terms of how many classes we actually need yeah, yeah, it's uh,
0: a discussion for definitely another day, but I appreciate your time today, Tom, and good to chat with you, and we'll talk with you soon.
1: Always great, Mark. Thanks.
0: For more great podcasts, visit germination.ca.